Are you curious about the unknown, the unexplainable? Do you find yourself intrigued by the mysterious and paranormal side of our world? Join us on an adventure into the world of inexplicable discoveries and investigations that may someday give us a final answer as to what may be behind the veil of reality. Then it's time to turn your pods up because we're live to tape from the mountains of West Virginia. It's time once again for Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. The universe is waiting for you. <laughs> Live to tape from the mountains of West Virginia. It's another episode of Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. Thank you for taking this journey with me on this episode of Let's Find Out. Tombstone Paranormal are a husband and wife team with a dedicated mission to seek out the truth and help those affected by the paranormal. We will be discussing some of their past cases and where these investigations have taken them. All this plus more. Please welcome our new friends, Jim and Don Brown. They are Tombstone Paranormal, my friends. Welcome to Let's Find Out. Thank you for taking the time off your busy schedules to be on the show. Thank you. Yeah, and so before we begin, and I kind of feel forced to ask, so did the paranormal bring you both together, or was this something that you guys found out later on during your relationship about your love for the paranormal? I been into the paranormal for a long time don and i worked together for a number of years and oddly enough at the beginning she didn't even like me um <laughs> same thing with my wife <laughs> and um, um still don't know <laughs> right. but um i've been into the paranormal for quite a long time get interested when i was a kid she so you know knows that i was interested in it and uh, just kind of hopped on board, you know, because it's something I was interested in and supported me. And, you know, she's got like a love for like cemeteries is kind of like her thing. She, you know, they're gorgeous and, and how that all is. And she has not like many like experiences in her life. And, um, but she has, she is more like a, a sensitive, I guess you'd call her. Uh, just has like feelings you know when you're in certain areas or rooms like you're not alone and so she's been helping me out a great deal doing most all the recording most all the pictures taking i get into it initially like a lot of people have having an experience i when i was uh like eight years old we moved to berlin germany my father was in the air force and we lived there for four years so <clears throat> there was some occasions there that <clears throat> my brother and I shared a room. He was on one side and I was on the other. Wake up at night and see like a, a like black figure at the foot of my bed. Sometimes it was two, sometimes it was three. And being a kid, you just kind of like pull the covers up over and hope everything goes away. And over a period of time, <clears throat> I guess you come desensitized to it. Right. You know, as you get older, you just kind of like move on with stuff. And and then you just start remembering, you know, things, seeing pictures, you know, reminiscing about places that we've been. And it's like, oh, yeah, shit, I remember having these experiences before. And then about the time that I was getting interested, shows were coming out. Different kind of equipment was coming out. 
other than like the little recorders that they had back in the day, which were effective, obviously. They worked for Ed and Lorraine Warren, you know? Oh, yeah. So there's no downplay on that kind of stuff. Thing technology's just got better over time. And that's basically what got me into the paranormal is just to try to figure out what exactly it was that I saw. And there's, you know, shadow figures you get a lot of people's different opinions on it. Was it a shadow figure? Could have been alien. You know, you don't know, you know, and I definitely didn't know as a kid. And of course, when you share those things with your parents and they're going to pacify you, you know, come check your room and everything and make sure everything's okay. But nothing really got much deeper than that. You know, and my brother had some experiences as well when we were there and he likes to join in him and his wife from time to time with us. Which will bring us to a, one of the cases that we were doing. We were my brother works at an elementary school in a small town here in Maine, uh, Sebago. In the original part of the school was an old farmhouse uh, built in 1860, and it was purchased by a woman and then donated to the town for an elementary school, so they could have kids centrally located instead of having back in the day elementary school here and then five miles you have to ride your horse to another one and they tried to make everything more centered for the town so his uh the guy that just took over as the principal there had a few experiences and my brother did too there but never shared it with this guy and then he goes well my brother and his wife investigate paranormal so we went to the school but we only really investigated the old house part of it which there was a lot of activity, a ton of it, down in what was the third grade room. Um, Don and my sister-in-law did um, some EVP sessions down there. They used the K2 down there. We're getting lots of responses, uh, like direct responses to the exact names that we know of. We went up to the attic. My brother has had experiences with a little girl, seeing a little girl, and we were up there and we used the lit cat balls, you know, that you can buy a three pack of for like $10. <clears throat> so we put it down on the attic floor and we just were stamping and backing up until our stamping didn't affect it anymore. And then took another step back for the just in cases. So then I told him, I said, start asking your questions from the experiences you have. So he started asking, you know, are you the little girl that I see sometimes? And he goes, if you are. You can, if you touch that ball, it'll make pretty lights go. And the light instantly went off. And every question that he was asking, the lights were just going right off on that thing. What was it? She rolled it. Yep. Oh, yeah. She rolled the ball. And uh, so we had good information and good evidence to for the principal to see. He's not quite bold enough to join us in on it, but eventually I think he may, uh, just to give him a little more ease to it because nothing there is malicious the people that donated the house they actually were responding to don and my sister-in-law's questions um they were asking you know them by name and they were wonderful people that you know and they passed away in the very early 1900s and but they were and have done a lot for the town of sebago so you don't really have to worry much about any of the activity and from the little girl there because nobody's ever been harmed you know, and so it's just, you know, it, it jumps and scares people sometimes what the unknown does. Yeah, and you were you're talking to, earlier because I was going to 
ask you the question about the, the kind of tactics that you use in order to get a reaction from these spirits or ghosts. Because I know you're using the uh, the devices that you were talking about earlier mm-hmm. in order to record or sense these presence. But so, what type of questions are you asking in order to get a response from these uh, entities? <clears throat> well, when we go into the a room, a lot of times we just establish that we're there to visit. We don't want to intrude. We don't mean anybody any disrespect or any harm. We ask permission. Yeah, we ask permission. You know, if they mind while things are rolling. And we just ask respectful questions like, you know, in the standard one is, is anybody in this room with us? Do you have a name? Are you a male or a female? Are you an adult or a child? Those kind of questions. Um, and then it will go on with the information that we have wherever we're at. Then we can just add, you know, continue to ask questions with the information that we've already got and just wait for responses, which in those devices is as high tech as they are and as awesome as a lot of the equipment is, they do tend to fail sometimes, which was what happened to us in the basement at the conjuring house. If I can like segue to that, if you don't mind. No, please do, because we were talking about that in the pre-interview. And you I mean, yeah. I should have hit record right there, but let's go through that again because that was amazing. Yeah. I'll go to the one that I was talking about with you initially, sure. which which was an event we did, and we had um Adam uh Megan come with us and he was doing his live broadcast. And that was an event we were doing um for the historical society in Bridgeton, Maine. And they have a beautiful old farmhouse that was built in uh, 1797 and a gorgeous barn and what a, and, and an amazing property that was there. And we were the first paranormal team that had been invited to investigate there. So we took the opportunity and we're very honored to be part of it. Um, I'm lucky enough to have a friend of mine that's involved in the historical society. So we're, we can gain access to the, to the house itself, but being the first people there was a huge honor for us. So we brought enough equipment so we could break the crowd up that actually paid to come there and use some of the equipment. So we started off using an SB-11, which is my favorite spirit box currently. And I've been using it for a few years now. And when we started getting responses to questions, which are the basic questions that I was just um, talking to you about, and we're getting responses back and the people could hear what was going on, they just started getting like like their ears perked up. They were getting interested in it. They wanted to ask questions. We were letting people one at a time ask questions. My uh, friend that is involved with the Historical Society, his wife initially was afraid um, to be involved in any of it. But as we were doing it and as we were getting responses and gathering evidence there, she became more... I don't know, comfortable. comfortable in that atmosphere of nothing is going to harm her, which I think was her biggest fear. That's the thing about some of the TV shows, and I don't want to like bash any shows that are out there currently. Yeah, I understand what you're going to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I have yeah. some friends that actually do some of them shows and stuff. They just add such an element for ratings, and I get all of that. You could be more honest within, within all of it, too, because you can be in a place for seven or eight hours and get nothing. You know what I mean? But nobody wants to watch that. But that's the reality of paranormal. That's the reality of 
looking for UFOs or looking for Bigfoot. You know what I mean? You spend countless hours or months or weeks and you don't always get stuff that you're looking for. And it's just patience and persistence. But within all that, we were lucky enough to be able to go through the house and we did. Um, Adam and I <clears throat> were doing a tour of the upstairs and off the master bedroom up there, there's a room that they called the sick room. And that's when fevers were happening or any other kind of like pneumonias or whatever that they, they would um, quarantine to that particular room. <clears throat> when you walk into that room, there's such a heaviness to it on your chest. It just totally takes your breath away. And Adam and I look at each other and he goes, dude, are you, are you feeling this? And I go, yeah, <clears throat> I go, I can barely catch my breath in here. So we just walked out the other door and uh, it just goes right away. But nothing there. Um, she didn't she didn't have any feelings. Don didn't of anything that was like malicious or or hateful. There's nothing within the family history of any of those kind of actions either. You know, they were just a family that had means, you know, and, and came from Massachusetts up this way and had a gorgeous farm and started a new life up this way back in the late 1700s and, you know, had a grand old time, but what a gorgeous house. They had 200 acres at the time. And um, what did they have there? Silkworms, mm. believe it or not, in Maine. They had a silkworm farm and were exporting silk. In one of the rooms, they have a whole setup in there. And I snapped photos from the outside of that house. And in that room from the back field, looking up in that room, I circled a couple of the photos to show my buddy before we even were going to have an event there. And I told him, I need to get to, I need to, get to that room because I need to see what these are in that room. And where those windows were, there was nothing inside that room that were making those face you know, objects that you can clearly see in the photos. So it's an amazing, an amazing old house to be in. And we were really honored and lucky actually to be the first people of paranormal background to be able to go in there. And that's, that, that's pretty awesome because touching back on something you said earlier, we're talking about the TV shows where, and I know for entertainment purposes, it can tend to be more theatrical at times, mm -hmm. but the reality is you could go to these locations you could be there a week, 12 hours a day, 24 hours. You might not get anything. Absolutely. Uh, you might get something. So during the course of the investigation, during your time at these locations, is there a specific time of the day where the activity is more or less? Whether it's morning, afternoon, or overnights, does it matter what time? Can it happen anytime during the day? It can happen anytime during the day. And we've been to places at different times of the day. If there's activity, there's activity. And there's always, you know, you hear about residual activity, which are things that happen like over and over again at the specific times of the day, which could be one o'clock in the morning. It could be nine o'clock in the morning, you know, and it's just a loop in time that continuously goes and goes. And then there's intelligent ones that interact with you. However, I don't find the time of day or the time of the night to, to personally from what we've done and what I've experienced to make a difference, quite honestly. If there's activity in a home, it's going to happen regardless of what time of day it is. You know, and they always use three o'clock and I've never really personally understood it. And if somebody could explain it to me crystal clear, I might hop on board with it 
but they always use the three o'clock as like the witching hour. Yeah, the dead get, time, right? Something like that. Yeah, where you get yeah, where you get the most activity. I've never personally have experienced that. You know, I've always gotten stuff earlier in the day, afternoon, early evening. I've never really have gotten everything that is, you know, between midnight and three or midnight and four. So, I mean, and maybe that's what some people, it, it goes that way. Maybe it's the energy that we, we have ourselves. Right. Everything goes off of energy, you know, and maybe that's why I had experiences several times when I was a kid. Maybe I have a certain energy. Maybe Don no. has certain, you know what I'm saying? Has the I mean, that's what, what happens when we're no longer on Earth? You know, we're we're part of energy. I think. I think. And now, during the course of your investigations, and of course, you've recorded some of these um, sounds or yes. words that these spirits have said. Which one, if you can go back and think oh. about it, which one stood out the most? Which one shocked you? <laughs> you know, um, I, my mind just went to recently when we were over here in the cemetery and we were using. Oh. The <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> We were over oh, let's, here. Let's do it. Let's go. We were here <laughs> over in Freiburg this past summer, and there's a cemetery not too far from us. And we're going in there, and <clears throat> one of the founding fathers of this town is there, and and he's been gone since what mid 1700s. And I'm standing, I'm standing right beside his enormous, gorgeous, like pillar stone, and I'm just saying. I know you're a founding father of this town. The town is actually named after you. Are you proud of that? Is that something that you, you know, you feel honored by that that a group of people wanted to name a place after you? And I and I got a response that said "nutter," which is, um, if you look it up, it's an old, it's like an English word meaning, it's calling me a crazy person. You nutter, which this guy came from England originally, so. <laughs> So I found that to be kind of odd. <clears throat> and then there was more of a tomb that was just kind of like parallel to that. The person there was an artist back in the, like the mid 1800s and they have this gorgeous above ground tomb. And I was there asking questions and I, oh geez, I, can't, I wished I could remember the exact question that I asked, but it said something about wanting my soul. And I said, we're done. But then, it, well, and then <laughs> like, well, and it was, um, what were we using? The, um, Oh, Paratech. Yeah. I was using the Paratech app actually with that on my phone, which I never really trusted. But then I started getting responses to my exact questions with it and go, maybe some things do actually work depending on the person. You know what I mean? Whatever vibe you may carry with you. But yeah, and it was given, that was enough when it wanted my soul. I was just shutting down right at that point and moving on. But then like it kept like a whole list of things for like, Die. Yeah, die. It was like what? Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. So that that's what <laughs> that was. So I said, yeah, we're done and out of here for a while. So I'll go back again, but I, I might avoid that guy for a little bit of time. Yeah, I don't think he was in the mood for an interview. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the thing that I think jumped me the most out of everything. <clears throat> um, we got shot at at a cemetery. Holy crap! <laughs> I'm we sorry. Went, you you did what? We got shot at in an old in an old cemetery. It's on a back road. And we were we got out of work at the time we worked together. We got out of work. We had our camera. It's um I don't know what like 9 30 at night, a 
I think July or whatever it was. So we drive down this dirt road of a cemetery she knew about. And we had been there during the day and go, wow, this would be gorgeous if people actually took care of it. And we went in there and we're doing our thing and <clears throat> doing some filming and trying to get some EVPs going on. And all of a sudden you hear a gunshot. Bang. And I said, was that a gunshot? And she goes, yeah. And then another one came right after it. Bang. So we had to shut, obviously, the lights to the cameras off. We're ducking ducking down so we could like sneak back through to get to the truck. And she goes, hey, watch out for the cobwebs. And right when she said that, I went through the biggest one. It felt like shoestrings right across my face. Walk, That's awful. Walking right through there. But a couple more bullets went by. <laughs> yeah. A couple bullets went zinging right across out through the boondocks. And we're like in the middle of nowhere on a dirt road, on a backwoods road in Maine, checking out a cemetery, and all of a sudden bullets are going through the trees. So we got wait a minute. Now, now let me ask you this. I don't know the gun laws in Maine. I know here in West Virginia it's open carry and there's outdoor yeah. shooting ranges. Were you close to any shooting range or was somebody hunting or can somebody actually shoot in their backyard? Maybe? Oh, you, you, can, know, you, can, you can't hunt after dark, but right. open carry. Oh, you can. Yep. Open carry. You can shoot in your backyard if you want within to. A, you can't like you can't shoot towards like within 100 feet of a house or something right. like that. Right? 150 so. feet of a home. You certainly can't shoot across the road. And especially if you see a vehicle there, you should probably shouldn't shoot that way anyways. But, but yeah, that was a pretty hairy experience too. <laughs> and um, yeah. when we went down to the Conjuring house a couple of years ago before the little guy was born, and um, she was actually pregnant with him when we went down there. And we did an overnight investigation with a bunch of other teams that they, they were having an event. And we stayed in the birthing room there was, was supposedly the most active room on the second floor quite honestly we didn't get a lot there other people did we got most of our activity at the time in the library on the first floor got a lot of responses there to questions which was pretty awesome um never got a vibe of like malicious hate any of that kind of feeling which is kind of going back again to the movies and the hollywood shows and not saying there isn't any of that that does happen there, because I'm sure there could be a portion of that there. We didn't personally experience any of it. Um, the basement was the most active of anything that we had, but it was killing the batteries in our equipment left and right. Trying to use the uh, spirit box. I'm running on the FM frequency, and I have one going forward and one in reverse. It tends to work better that way if you have them the frequencies going the opposite it would kick me right to am so i'd ride with the am for a while then it would kick me to fm and then my battery would die so then i'd pop in a new battery and it would be the same thing over and over again so i just went to the k2 meter so i walked through the room just seeing whether any of electricity might be active in there and then i just put it down and then we just stood there and started asking questions if anybody is in this room, and it was the well room there, the one that people go, there's a lot of activity. And there would be. It's an open underground well underneath the house. With, and it's granite. So that's, you know what I mean? There's there's that kind of water, granite type of energy happening. But at any rate, we were getting like direct responses to whatever color we were asking it to go to. It would, instant, wouldn't it? It would instantly go to that. You can go, would it? If there's anybody in this room, can you make this go to green? Boom, instantly green. 
there was a football on a chair when we first did like a tour down there. When we went down to investigate, the football was on the ground. So I referenced the football. And if, I, if the person that is in this room put it there, can you make it go to red? Red. So any questions that we were addressing there, it would go right to whatever color that we chose. It did it to the next room over as well. And they which, were up getting what we were asking downstairs. They were getting responses upstairs in the room that we were actually staying in while through, we were investigating downstairs. Right, through their spirit box. So we're asking questions in the basement, and then on the second floor, they're getting responses in a spirit box. And we only found that out when we were going over when we were coverage. going over stuff with that, you know, when everybody was sharing their experiences. Go, yeah. Ten minutes ago, we were in the basement asking this question and that question. I go, well, that's weird because we were getting responses, but we didn't know what football was for, and we didn't know what this was for, and so it all made sense. But. Um, we were asking supposedly there's like a uh what was it a crooked neck man yeah in the basement. in the basement didn't get anything like that but i know other people have um in the past we didn't experience any of that everything that we experienced was awesome actually it was yeah it no, was it, really it was good definitely, there was a lot of there was a lot of things going on yeah. but it was not like what you see in hollywood no I mean, what a great place. If you can ever it's get there and experience it's it, a beautiful place. it's a beautiful, gorgeous property. And the people that currently own it now have it like in the summer, you can actually camp out in the field and investigate. You can investigate out there anyways, but it's a, it's a beautiful place to go experience because um, there's a lot that goes on there a lot. Um, I know Corey and, and Jen Heinzen who owned it originally lived there for like two solid years. And they had reports and their kids have experienced like cabinet doors opening or other doors close. You know what I mean? All of that kind of stuff. But when we were there for what, like about eight hours, probably total. If that, or maybe that, yeah, probably 12, I guess, or something like that. We didn't have any of that kind of experience, but I know there's other shows and I know people that are doing those shows have had those and it's awesome. And I, that's what I was hoping we were going to get. And you know, I wasn't. The, the, <laughs> Right. The longer you can stay in a spot and, and there's a show out there, what was it, um, 28 Days or whatever with uh, Shane Pittman and them guys who do amazing work, by the way. The longer that you're there, and if you can actually live there for a while, the more you're obviously going to experience. Too, but it's such a, a great place to go to. And if you can ever come towards New England, you know, and do something like that, I would I would highly suggest it. Come to Maine and we'll bring you to the Historical Society house up there where we went to. You'll love it. You know, and I think it's the furthest north I've been, it was actually this year, was, a, was to Massachusetts. But um, let me ask you this. In that location, was you got a lot more activity there? Or, or in other cases where you've been, have you had the same type of activity as that house? Every house is different. All the, you know, and every store in every house is different. Energies are different experiences are different the elementary school the conjuring house a place that i used to work were the most active buildings that i've ever been into i shared my experience on a show on the travel channel in a place i worked with before that had a ton of activity in it sometimes places that you go into that you can debunk like everything because a lot of old houses make noise yeah yep there's pipes in the walls that they didn't really fasten down to you know the wall studs back in the day and they rattle 
there's a lot of it but that's not saying that they don't experience stuff because you can experience you could experience things off of electricity too you know if you're too close to an, a large electrical source there's lots of different things that that affect us personally could be like even mental health wise you know what i mean people or addiction can give you certain experiences wherever you're at as well i had a guy contact me so i reached out to a friend of mine that is a deacon at a church and he handles more of a demonic element of everything which i thought would be a more appropriate avenue for this guy to go to and there's an interview process that they go through you know a questionnaire for people to fill out because you have to weed out certain things before you can commit to going and, and, and taking these on, you know, like as far as demonologists are concerned. The guy would like to say a recovering addict, but he didn't recover. So we had that. So were things like hallucinations for him? You know what I mean? It's hard to like separate. Did he really have things going on um, in the paranormal or not? I don't, I didn't follow up to see if he took the case on. I just knew some information about this guy um, within the questionnaire because I was able to look at it. Um, before I passed it on to the next level. I just never pursued to see if they took it on or not. And the guy never contacted me again. So I don't know. And in the line, I, the work I do, I work in uh, residential with kids and stuff. And I work in an old home. And kids have like lots of energy. Kids have like anxiety and they have depression. And the kids that I work with, they throw off things. There are things that happen there. I obviously don't talk about it with the kids, but there are things that go on there that they're kind of oblivious to. <clears throat> I pay attention to because I love old buildings. I love the history to them. I love a lot of places that I don't know anything about and go into first and then research it. You know what I mean? So I don't have a blinded or a pre-notion of what could happen when I'm in there. Um, I just like to go in blind sometimes, quite honestly. Um, to learn and then take you know the data that i that we get that we document and research it and see if, how compatible it is to the history of a place also uh, we've been focusing a lot of times lately on cemeteries trying to do like a, a documentary on a lot of them in our general area just to bring up the history of like the surrounding towns here uh on new england i mean that's where everything started you know what i mean and ventured out so we have a very early history in the United States. So love it. Yeah. And with the temporary break that Tombstone Paranormal took, where do you both see yourselves doing? I know 2023 is almost ending. 2024 is coming up. Where are you headed next? What locations will you be investigating? I want to finish up a few more of the cemeteries just to get more material so we can edit and get that out there. And then we're opening up to like doing more events or any phone calls or emails or anything people send our way if they need help. And we're by all means willing to go out and, and do our best to get information to make people feel better about where they live and to, and to bring some education to them. And, and for the, if not just the listeners, but for the folks that live in your area and perhaps they suspect something's going on on their land or in their home, if they can't quite understand what's happening, how would they get a hold of you to maybe fill out a questionnaire, have an interview with you before you go and visit that location? They can go to our um, page on Facebook, 
Tombstone Paranormal. I believe it's 13. They can email us. At gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel. We've yet to really push it, but they could um, check things out there to get comfortable with us. And, you know, if they need to check us out before they reach out, um, by all means, do that. Yeah, that's kind of kind of where you can get all of our information currently is right from our Facebook page. It's got our phone number. It's got our email address. We don't care how. If you guys need some help, just reach out any way, shape, or form. We're more than willing and eager to give people a, a hand if we can. Once again, I'd like to thank both of you for being on on the show. I know it took a little while to get you back, but great. Thank you for being on. And hopefully, once you guys get the wheels rolling again, through these investigations, come back to the show and uh, you can do a, a full report of what you saw. Is that, that's good with you. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm originally from Ohio, planning to go visit my family, which is kind of nicely situated between the Belair House in Belair, Ohio, and the West Virginia Penitentiary in Moundsville, as far as investigations and, and stuff like that. So. Moundsville's been on my bucket list for a long time. It looks gorgeous. <laughs> Awesome. Hopefully you capture some footage, put it on a YouTube channel, and we can all watch it and then come back here and report about it. It'd be awesome. Yeah, no doubt. This has been another excellent episode of Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. Please check us out on all our social media pages as well as our YouTube channel. And we're also on Rumble. Like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for taking this journey with me. Until next time, my friends. Thank you for listening to Let's Find Out with co-host Diego. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Pocket Casts, and on Anchor. For more information about Let's Find Out with co-host Diego, please visit us on facebook.com forward slash co-host Diego, on Twitter at co-host underscore Diego, and on Instagram as co-host Diego. Copyright co-host Diego. All content for Let's Find Out is the property of co-host Diego and is served directly from our servers with no modification, redirects, or rehosting. All celebrity impersonators are paid performers. The impersonated celebrities do not endorse or promote any views or opinions expressed by our guests, co-host Diego, or Let's Find Out. The information shared on Let's Find Out is provided on an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness.